0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to That's Life, where a total stranger just wished me a happy holiday on the upcoming holiday. And I had to take a second to realize he was wishing me a Freilichen Purim. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam el Wallach blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nachum's live lunch. And as you know, today's live lunch is from the ShopRite in Paramus, New Jersey. As presents the first of three Passover products program. Yeah, say that three times fast, folks. Hear about all that's new for Pesach 2016 and actually what it takes to get a store ready for Pesach. If you think it's hard to turn over your house, imagine what it's like to turn over part of a massive supermarket. There'll be giveaways, there's trivia, tastings. You don't want to miss it. You can watch the show, of course, on NahumSiegel.com. You should make sure if you're listening on the app to check out the changes in images on the app itself because we will be updating the images throughout the show to coordinate with different interviews that we have during the two-hour program. Or if you're in New Jersey and want to come by, the ShopRite address is 224 Route 4 East at Forest Avenue in Paramus. That is 224 Route 4 East at Forest Avenue in in Paramus, coming to you from the home of the Nachum Seal Network on the beautiful Lower East Side. Hello to Yoni. Yoni is behind the board today. What's up? Morning. How are you?
1: It's been a while now.
0: I know. First time, long time, right? Exactly. You did a great job on the stunt show last week. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you and Benjamin had a good time. It was good, and uh, Nachum had promoted the show that on uh, that morning on James AM Nachum had promoted. The stunt show uh, saying it was going to be informative and um, entertaining. And I looked at him. I said, no. And he said, no. I said, not informative, definitely entertaining. He's like, I'd say okay. It was both. Okay. But informative, like it's not a, you know, it's not by the book. It's, right. you know what I'm saying? It's not right. a Nachum interview where you're trying to inform people. I would say that today's interview on That's Life is definitely meant to be informative, obviously entertaining, but certainly informative as well, and we will get to our guest in a few minutes. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you are a returning listener, thanks, as always, for making us part of your day. Today is day nine, folks, of the J.M. and the A.M. Marathon. Do you know what that means, Yoni? one more day that's it one more day one day more yes that is my l- tribute to les Mis this morning but seriously folks tomorrow is day 10 of the marathon if you have not yet pledged please go to jm you can click on the pledge banner we need all of your support as you know jam and the am is completely listener sponsored as is all of the programming at WFMU. And all of the programming here at the Nachum Siegel Network is predicated on a strong JM in the AM. So if you like what you hear, here, And you like what we do there, please do your best to support our programming and pledge what you can at jmantheam.org. Follow us on Twitter, Net, all one word. Miriam L. Wallach, also all one word. We have fortune cookies. We have fortune cookies. Let's do that now. Fortune cookie is always the first thing to go, Yoni. It's always the first thing I forget. I'm not exactly sure why because it's sitting on my computer. But here we go. Oh, the pressure. Yoni did not pick this one. I want everyone to know that because, you know, Yoni, Yoni somehow or another jinxes the, uh, the fortune cookie. I've been struggling a bit. You have, and I don't know how to improve that skill for you. But anyway, your artistic talents win the approval and applause of others. That's nice. That's not meant for you. It's meant for me, but thank you. Um, All right, let's go through the national holidays. Today is absolutely incredible kid day. Seems that that's the third Thursday of every March. So shout out, thank God, to the six healthy and wonderful Wallach children. They are all incredible kids. It's also Campfire Girls Day. I have no idea what that means. It's National Irish Coffee Day. And tomorrow, tomorrow, folks, Yoni, this is an important day. Tomorrow is Forgive Mom and Dad Day. Right. So for all those of you who are harboring some kind of resentment or anger from your childhood that you didn't work out with your therapist, and again, shout out to all the six Wallach children who are amazing and wonderful, tomorrow is Forgive Mom and Dad Day. So just get it out of your system and forgive us tomorrow. Let's get to our guest. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Segal Network. And Dr. Aliana Marcus Aaron joins us on the phone from Israel. She represents an unbelievable, cutting-edge Way to handle health care if you are abroad in Israel, either as a student, you have a child there, or you're there vacationing, and she is here to talk to us about EMA care. Hello, Eliana.
2: Hello, uh, and good morning to you.
0: Thank you very much. <laughs> um, um, I, there, there, it seems like your line is a little bit crackly. I don't know if you're on a, on a cordless phone or anything. I am on a cordless phone. Is this a little bit better? It's actually a lot better. So whatever you do, try not to move for the next, you know, couple of minutes, if that's okay. Um, I'm do- frozen. Excellent. Thank you. Um, uh, Doctor Aaron Marcus is your maiden name, correct? Yes. Excellent. So Doctor Aaron is a board certified family nurse practitioner. She's a registered nurse in the U.S. and in Israel, and she's the founder and director of EmaCare. You can find them at healthcareisrael.com, and she is Eliana at healthcare. Israel.com. So, tell us, first of all, obviously, the name EmaCare is fantastic, but tell us where the idea for this entire concept came about, because the company is not that old. You're, you're coming up on your first year anniversary, correct?
2: That's correct. Um, well, you know, the concept of EmaCare w- has been coming to me for about 10 years. Um, I've lived here uh, in Israel for going on 14 years, and um, I very often host uh, kids from America who are, you know, in their yeshiva or seminary year in Israel. And uh, I also worked very closely with tourists and people uh, who were visiting Israel. And I found that the health care they were receiving was not reflective of the health care that people know about Israel, which is a high quality of care. And when I studied my doctorate, I actually um, really focused on where are the gaps in the Israeli healthcare system, and I found that there were several groups of people that just were not getting the kind of quality of care that they need to get, and it was resulting in a lot of problems for them. And uh, and among those populations with poor results of their healthcare are uh, tourists who are visiting Israel, and also gap year students or yeshiva seminary students because they're not in the normal health care system. They have tourist insurance. And the results are that a lot of kids, and I'm sure many of the listeners have heard stories of kids in Israel who got sick or tourists who got sick, and many times, unfortunately, not very good results. So, EMACARE was established to fix that problem.
0: Well, that is—that's a fantastic idea. You actually mentioned your doctoral studies, and uh, to be completely honest with you, I didn't even know that a Doctor of Nursing was 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 a concept. Was it was a program? So when I when I got your bio, I was completely confused until I I realized that it was a PhD. And so I just want to understand what does it mean to be a Doctor of Nursing.
2: Well, um, my my doctorate is not a PhD. Actually, a oh. PhD is a common nursing degree. Okay. Um, it's an equivalent of a PhD. I have a Doctor of Nursing Practice um, uh, from Yale University. I graduated right. last year, and uh, what we're doing as a profession internationally is we are um, trying to move ahead of the times by uh, teaching nurses and nursing leaders to be, um, to, be the, to be at the top of the game, to be the top of technology, the, to be the top of all the evidence that's out there to give our patients and our populations the best healthcare. So people basically who are nurses and get the doctorate degrees become nursing leaders and establish new pathways to better health care for everybody.
0: It's actually amazing to me just how far nursing has come even in the last decade to listen to um, students in colleges, men and women alike, who are who are in you know different BA programs, who are looking into nursing programs as part of graduate school or leaving their BAs and going into a immediately into a nursing program just because the the field has flourished in the last number of years, and it is such a, um, a powerful career path at this point that it would seem only logical to me for there to be this level of education associated with nursing.
2: Absolutely. And the and people who have these degrees are also teaching. So I also teach nursing um, because I think it's very important to have good uh, leadership and to, to give our students um, the best direction that they can. And, you know, in Israel, by the way, Nursing is becoming very popular among uh, from people, and especially now there's two programs for men to learn nursing, and it's men. quite popular. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Oh no, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic um, uh, idea, and it obviously gives um, patients. A number of different options in terms of their health care to be tended to by a male nurse if that is what you're looking for and that's what your preference is. The patient's comfort level is such a major part of their medical experience and their, their care and, more importantly, their rehabilitation.
2: Absolutely. And, uh, and I think that's a critical part of the future of nursing everywhere. Well, my, so my sister-in-law totally does,
0: agree. my sister-in-law who's a, who's a, um, who does geriatrics, she is a, she's a, an MD and she always says in working in hospitals that it's the nurses who run the hospitals. It's not the doctors. The most important people there are the nurses.
2: Um, And I I agree with that, Um, and you'll hear that in Israel also um, from almost all the doctors. And and, and that's really why, um, as a nurse, I felt that the kind of services that we're trying to do now, by closing these health gaps, the best people to be doing that, are actually nurses because nurses have a great uh, ability to bridge the gaps in healthcare. We understand the population, we understand the medicine, and we understand the nursing aspect which is education and prevention and looking at things from a very different point of view. So we have the ability to actually fix things by seeing it through nursing eyes.
0: Dr. Eliana Aaron joins us from Israel. She represents EMA Care. Care provides services not otherwise provided to students in Israel, but that is sorely needed. Health advocate, case management, amongst other things. Talk to me for a second about being that health advocate for that kid who's there on their gap year, who does not have a parent. Talk to me both from the student's point of view and the parent's point of view.
2: That's a really good question. Um... In my experience, the student's perspective uh, of this is that students come to Israel, they're 18 years old, and they've never made an appointment for a doctor in their lives. They've never gone to a doctor by themselves. You know, their parents always make it for them, the mother always goes with them. So now they're sick, and they're on their own, and they're in Israel, and, uh, you know, it, and it's very frightening, I think. Um, it's, it's very intimidating. Eighteen is an adult, but, you know, they're still a kid. Right. So a lot of kids will end up neglecting, you know, their health care because they're afraid and they're nervous. And so we end up with small problems becoming big problems. And, uh, and for example, I had a student uh, this year who... Uh, had was in a car accident and had a concussion,
1: right.
2: and he absolutely refused to go to the hospital. I begged him to go. He refused to go, and I said, look, I can't make you go. You're 18 years old. You know, what am I going to do? Right. I gave him the symptoms. I followed up with him the next day. He was getting sick. He started getting all the symptoms, and I uh, took him to the hospital, um, but again, now that it was twenty four hours later, it was already more complicated.
0: Right. No. Well, I'm just going to stop you one second. I just want to ask a question about that. Um, I know we haven't talked about the parents and the peace of mind, and and I as a as somebody who has a child, please God, going to seminary next week, I already can imagine knowing that I have somebody on the other end who can be that advocate for my child and who is there, shall we say, you know, in loco parentis. But I guess that an- that makes me ask two questions. Number one um, what happens when that person resists? What happens? I mean, in this case, they called you back 24 hours later, or you followed up, and they agreed to go. But what happens when you know that that person's got to go to the hospital, but yeah, they're 18. Like, what do you do? It's not your kid at the end of the day.
2: Absolutely. So, you know, I am in touch with the parents. I'm in touch with the administrators of the school, the Ain by it, if it's, you know, or the Madrid. And I'm Again, no one can force this child to go anywhere, this student to go anywhere. But what we do is, you know, we work from different angles, especially if in in my professional judgment this person needs some help. And I will actually, you know, me or my employees, we will go and pick this student up and bring them to the hospital and accompany them and reassure them. And at the same time, the parents who before were extremely nervous, my son's in an accident and I'm, I'm scared, they're reassured that there's a medical professional who's with them. We are communicating continuously with all of the players. Everyone has to know what's going on. The, the school has to know. The parents have to know. The, the kid has to know. The physicians have to know. And we're working on all of that communication and making sure that the parents could be rest assured mm that this child is getting the kind of care he would get in America. Wow. Um, and or, that's something that's missing. And well, the health insurances that kids get in Israel, they don't do that.
0: What about, so, what about other kids from overseas? I mean, we have an international audience. And so are you, are you able to coordinate with British health care, Canadian health care, French health care?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. and And we work with uh, students from all over the world. I'm saying u s because when I used to listen to Jamie in am office in America, but <laughs> we have uh, and there's a lot of French now in Israel. Right, um, sure. and you know we have people who are French speakers. Um, but we work with people from all over the world, and you know we we talk to the parents, um, and even we'll, we'll even talk to the healthcare provider in whatever country they're from. So if a kid comes here with a pre-existing condition, which by the way is not covered by any insurance in Israel wow. uh, for tourists, um, we will coordinate with their pediatrician wherever they're from to make sure that all the follow-up they need is going to be arranged and that that student is going to start learning to take some responsibility for their health care. So it's a really nice win-win situation.
0: What about, um, so now tell me about the parents. Have you been at, Let's go back to that, that story about the, the kid with, um, with the concussion. When you were in touch with the parents, I imagine that you told the parents, listen, I think that your child needs to go to the ER now. Like, what do you want me to do?
2: Well, in this particular case, what happened is, and this sometimes does happen, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning in America. Got it. So when, when sometimes, and that's why I strongly encourage parents to contact me before there's an emergency, so that if there's a situation and we can't reach them because it's the middle of the night or maybe they're on an airplane or whatever it is, we could not reach them. So in this particular case, it was me. It was the student. The student was not in school. It was over a weekend, and um, and so there was no one to talk to. It was me and it was the student. But as people started waking up, I spoke to the parents and the madrich the next day, or the even the rosh Hashiva I spoke to, and uh, and we were able to coordinate the care and get this student what he needed. Um, you know, in other cases, kids come here with pre-existing conditions, and they're completely on their own to fly in the wind, and we, we try to really not only help them, but teach them how to become independent
0: Is so there? Can... I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, as I was, I'm just thinking about the next step. Is your best advice to me as a kid who, as a parent of a child who is... When I, got probably stop calling her a child since she's turning eighteen. But um, as a parent of a of a seminary student heading to Israel next year, are you telling me that one of the phone calls, one of the things I should be doing before she leaves is being in touch with you? Is that the best way to handle this? Like enroll her now, make her on your on your radar, get her on your radar.
2: So um, the answer is yes, because in our experience, um, being proactive about health care is much more effective and much more safe. Some parents contact us only after there's already been a crisis. And unfortunately, once there's been a crisis, things get very, very complicated, and then it's a matter of can we salvage the year in Israel. And that's really what it comes down to sometimes. So if we know about uh, the student's needs beforehand, we get organized, and we actually have um, a main point of contact at any one seminary, um, then we uh, are able to, from even before the student gets there, to know exactly what the health needs are going to be, to be in touch with the family and the student and the school, and let them know, if this child is running a fever at 3 o'clock in the morning, you can call us, and we will help take care of this child. You know, we, the parents hired us to help take care of the health needs. Um, and the schools are thrilled about it because they don't have a nurse or a doctor. Right. And so it's scary for them, too, because, you know, parents are going to say, my kid has a fever, you know, are they okay? Like, I don't know, they look okay to me. You know, They're not medical professionals. So it's, the, it's a win-win for the school also. Right. They're, they're very happy to work with us. And um, and so we we actually like when people contact us at the beginning of the year, actually in the summer. So a lot of this yeshivas and seminaries this year are sending out our information to the parents for next year so people can sign up in advance.
0: Well, that but is... But, of
2: course... Yeah.
0: No, I'm sorry. Continue. Okay. I apologize.
2: No, it's fine. It just, you know, we, we will deal with a crisis in you know, the middle of the year. We do that all the time. But it's usually the results are better if we are able to manage a situation before it becomes a
0: crisis. Right. I imagine that speaking the same language, both from a medical jargon point of view and a Hebrew-Hebrew-English-English point of view, is obviously a real asset in terms of making everything go smoothly.
2: Absolutely. And that's a huge thing. And also, remember, the Israeli medical culture is actually very different. So you could be a fluent Hebrew speaker, but still not understand medical Hebrew... And still don't understand the medical culture, especially as it pertains to people who are not Israeli.
0: Forget it. So I speak fluent English, and I don't understand the English, you know, the American medical jargon. I have a friend of mine who's a radiologist. She was saying a couple of things in in passing, and, and I said, I don't even know what you said. I know we're speaking the same language, but I have no idea what you just said. And it just became <laughs> a it just became a big joke. Dr. Eliana Aaron is available at eliana at healthcareisrael.com. Again, she is the founder and director. of of EMA care. She is going to be the mother that your kids are looking for when they need help in the middle of the night. You can find them at uh, healthcare. Where we got healthcareisrael.com? Yes. Healthcareisrael.com. And also their Twitter handle is at EMA care underscore and underscore and then Israel. So it's E-M-A-C-A-R-E underscore and then the word Israel. Dr. Aaron, I want to thank you personally. I really, really appreciate it. Um, this is a phenomenal, okay. phenomenal idea and uh, continued Hatzlacha. And in advance, since I'm sure we'll be calling you at some point in, in the next number of months, thanks for whatever you're going to do for my kid for next year.
2: Thank you very much, Miriam, and uh, we should only have a healthy year um, for the upcoming students. That's the most important thing.
0: I appreciate that. Thanks so much.
2: Okay. Have a good Purim. Take care.
0: You too. Thanks so much. Okay. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and a Freilichon Purim. Yes, this is my uh, my, uh, Arab Purim show. I didn't even realize that until this, uh, I met this gentleman in the stairwell today. But yes, so a, a happy Purim, a safe Purim for everyone, and a Freilchen Purim for, uh, for all. You've been listening to That's Life. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day in just a few moments. Live lunch starts here with Nahum live from the ShopRite in Paramus. It's 11 to 1. We start with brunch. We end with lunch. My thanks to our friends at Manischewitz for their support and commitment to our work here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Join Nachum tomorrow morning for Day 10. If I had, like, a drum roll, I would put it in here or, like, trumpets to, to tune or, yeah, you know, do not do that. To, to toot, I would do that as well. But, yes, Day 10 of the Jamin A.M. Marathon 2016, the 33rd Marathon Begins tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Don't miss it. NachemSiegel.com, JaminAM.org on the NSN app 911, 90.1, and 91.9 FM. It is the hottest show of the year. You never know who might show up. Tune in at 6 a.m. Don't shut it off until the last total has been announced, until the last note has been played by Neshama, and the last Achenu Kolbet Yisrael has been heard at the conclusion of Jamin the AM, which will be Around 9.30 tomorrow morning as the last show of the year, or I should say of the marathon, not the year, is an extended version. It ends at 9.30. It will be another great episode of Table for Two. So again, Naomi and Table for Two will start tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull this Mudsey Shabbos at starting at 9 p.m. 10 p.m. Rabbi YY uh, Jacobson hosts Eternal Flame, and at 11 p.m. David Lichtenstein hosts Headlines. Sunday morning, JM Sunday from seven to nine Eastern Time with Matas, and my thanks in advance for everyone who has pledged and whoever one whoever is planning to pledge, and I hope that is every one of your list, uh, every one of our listeners. It is Benny Friedman with Todah. and my thanks to all. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
1: Cause you're the music and the rhyme You're the rhythm and the time I know that there's a reason and a plan so I try the best I can to make you proud So all the friends I made along the way Let me hear you sing it out